So, I was uh, reading Good to Great the other day, skimming through it again. I've read it several times, one of my favorite books. Uh, And I decided, you know what, this podcast, I'm going to talk about uh, what Good to Great looks like from a small business point of view. And so I'm going to title this, The Mindset of Small Business Going from Good to Great. The Mindset of a Small Business Going from Good to Great. And Jim Collins wrote the book, Good to Great. And in the book, um, it says that all the research that he and his team performed, they learned a couple things. They learned that um, the, the CEO compensation, the technology the company was in, uh, the level of technology the company had, uh, the mergers and acquisitions that the company had performed or done, and the change management initiatives, here's what they found out. They had relatively minor roles in moving from good to great. So all those things that a lot of people would would think had to do with going from good to great really didn't. Um, Instead, Jim Collins found that success uh, resulted from three main factors. So this is going to be the three factors, uh, the three bullet points we talk about today. And it's going to be disciplined people, disciplined thought, and disciplined action. And we're going to talk about this today and how you can apply it to your small business. So for the most part, um, there's many viewers, but for the most part, a high percentage um, of you guys are in the home service business. So Uh, I've tried to narrow it down, funnel it down to that. But if you're in another kind of business, it will definitely apply to you as well. So don't shut this off yet. (laughs) Okay. So uh, if you find and hire a disciplined person and get them on your team, or as Jim Collins puts it, get them on the bus and uh, you'll be way ahead of the game. I mean, that's a fact. So if you can try to hire disciplined people, you're going to be way ahead of the game when you focus on focusing on uh, discipline in general. So um, now you say, well, how do I look for, how do I find rather disciplined people? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of things um, here, uh, some questions you can ask during an interview to find out more about the discipline level of the potential candidate. So I'll just run through these. How do you stay motivated and disciplined? That's a great question to ask someone. What do you do to stay motivated and disciplined? How has self-discipline helped you achieve success so far in your life? How do you prioritize tasks to ensure self-discipline? What techniques do you use to stay focused on your goals? How do you handle distractions when trying to stay disciplined? So there's a lot of things that come up in a day. When you get distracted, what do you do to stay disciplined? How do you stay disciplined when faced with adversity? How do you stay disciplined when faced with temptation? We all have temptation. We all face temptation. So how do you stay disciplined when you're faced with temptation? And what challenges have you faced in developing self-discipline? So there's a, there's a handful of questions right there 
that will help you determine um, when you are hiring someone and interviewing someone just how much self-discipline they have. And there's a whole handful of other questions you can ask, and there's questions that you can ask from the answers you get from these. Um, you know, I just I don't have time to go through all that. Um, however, in, with today's technology and information highway, uh, you can search for this and you can find great ideas on how to find disciplined people. Okay. All right. So we're going to start off with how to improve discipline in your people. And uh, number one is responsibility. Give, give your team, give every individual on your team um, responsibility and then see how they handle it and see what they do with it. I mean, it starts with, I'm going to give you a job and your start time is 8 a.m. So there's the first test. Out of the first 30 days, how good are they at showing up at 8 a.m.? Um, and then how good, if they, if they work till from 8 to 4, how good are they uh, at staying busy all the way through, through four o'clock. That's test number one. Um, have deadlines and actions. I, I talk about this often that, um, small businesses do not have enough deadlines and they do not have enough action plans. And, uh, an action plan is stating, we just, we just talked about this and now the action plan is to make it happen by this day with this team, go. That's the action plan. Uh, if you have any issues or concerns, let's meet, send a text or an email, let's, and let's meet back if we need to. But if not, we expect it done by this date. Uh, we'll meet and discuss uh, on that date. Okay? We're a pro-profit business. We are not an adult daycare. And we are not going to hold people's hands. Now, the initial training period, we will hold your hand and walk you through it and show you how to do it and let you know what we expect, but there comes a certain point where we're not going to hold your hand anymore and you're responsible to do it. So we're also expecting uh, persistence um, in a person. We, we train the team to have personal goals at work and at home. So they should have their own personal goals and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but writing them down almost like on a to-do list um, is a great way to persist in making things happen. So we train the team to have personal goals at work and at home. But if I am responsible at home in my duties and a to-do list and my action plans, and my accountability to myself or my accountability to my family, then more than likely I'm going to be very responsible at work on the job. So that's another great question you can ask someone during an interview is tell us a little bit about the responsibility you have at home. Um, and we started asking another question. Um, you'll have to put it your way and some will say, is that legal or not? But the way we ask it is perfectly legal. So, uh, someone has, uh, we first find out, you know, tell us a little bit about you and your family. And we find out, do they have kids? And if they have kids, then a great question is, 
um, tell us how you manage your children. Give us an example of managing children. And uh, more than likely, if if they are responsible and they are uh, disciplined, then they will discipline in some form or fashion their children. And we want to know about that. Tell us more about that. How, you know, what results do you get? How does that work for you? All those types of things. All right. And um, also, I recommend allowing breaks. Um, I, I enjoy, uh, let's take let's take five, let's take 10, let's take 15, and let's regather and refresh our minds and re-energize. And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you, you can't get a whole lot of done if you don't take some breaks. So um, I'm about uh, taking breaks. Try that. If you don't do it, I think you'll get better results. Uh, and then you've got to have a strong work ethic. And uh, we also ask certain questions during the interview process of uh, just tell us a little bit about your work ethic. Uh, when did you start working? You know, uh, what was your first job? Tell us about that. And what was your last job? Tell us about that. And um, what, made, what made you stand out at your last job over anyone else? And so we ask that during interview questions. How many times were you late in the last um, few years is a great question. Uh, because for us, you know, probably more than twice is, 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 is could be a yellow flag or a red flag. Um, so we ask in the last few years, how, how many times were you late? And uh, if someone says only, probably only eight or 10, um, that's quite a bit. I mean, that's what one every other month or so. Um, so we, we find out more about them during the interview process. And I think that's very important because a lot of companies do not, uh, it's a surprise when they get in and, uh, they, cause they didn't ask the right questions. You just got to ask the right questions. You got to ask them the right way. And, uh, you got, you need to find out more about them. Um, if, if one is in your company and they're dedicated to your company and they buy into your company, you know, it's, a uh, they're more prone to display traits of a strong work ethic. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those traits. And, and um, so uh, other people that have been there for a while who have strong work ethics, they can also, um, you know, watch others and find out, you know, who's, who's floating to the top here, who, who really gets this thing. Uh, now, if you want, if you operate a company where self-discipline and, um, a strong work ethic isn't necessary, then that's a different kind of company for me. I mean, it's not one I would want to be involved in, but if that works for you, then these probably aren't going to be good questions for you. Uh, so another thing here uh, that has to do with uh, how to improve self-discipline in people is do they portray self-care? Uh if you have self-discipline, then more than likely you're going to take care of yourself. And taking care of yourself means a healthy lifestyle, diet, exercise, eliminating bad habits, getting proper sleep and rest. And, and it can also include healthy relationships outside of work. Uh, because we, we already know that the majority of people that have problems at work typically have problems at home. And if you can eliminate, if they can eliminate unhealthy relationships outside of work, they will probably eliminate a lot of issues that happen at work. Okay, 
So when you work on yourself and you uh, work on your team to improve self-discipline, you're creating new habits and that and more positive habits. And that's going to help you and your team and them as individuals be much, much better at work and at home. At home to me is very important. So at our company meetings, I try to tie in a handful of things that, that, that will encourage them and work at work and home. Because if I can help someone improve their home life, then I can help someone improve their work life. And uh, that's important to me. And I, I, try to, I try to do my best on that. All right. So that was the um, disciplined in a person. Now we're going to talk a little bit about number two, increase your discipline in thought. And this is great to teach, but for the most part, we can all we all have plenty to learn in this area. I don't care how good you are. We can't we can't teach it until we learn it ourselves and set the example for our team. Now don't allow yourself to get stuck in thinking in the past uh, all the time. Uh, the past is for one thing. It's to learn from. It, and uh, it, it does mold, I've been teaching more about this mold. It does mold your future but it's to learn from. And it's, um, you know, you can make your past positive or negative. It's entirely up to you. You're the only one that knows your past. So, and when I say that is my dad was an extremely hard worker. So I grew up in a, in a home of extremely hard work. And my dad only missed a few days in 37 years. And, um, and that was because of, uh, either a baby, uh, one of his sons being born or, uh, it, a, a really bad um, health issue for one day. So, uh, but anyway, so I grew up in that. So my past, um, it, the positive of my past is being raised in a home where hard work uh, and responsibility and self-discipline is taught. So don't allow yourself to get stuck in the muck of thinking in the past and deal with today and work on improving your decision-making today because the majority of your time is going to be spent today. You can think about your past, you can learn from your past, but you live in today. So your majority of your time is going to be in today, making decisions and, and hopefully better ones. And then I guess my question for you is how much time should you spend on thinking about tomorrow or the day after tomorrow? <laughs> Uh, which would be our future. Uh, so here's what uh, studies have shown. You should spend uh, about 10% on yesterday, and you should spend about 60% of your time on today, and that leaves about 30% of your time should be spent on tomorrow and your future. And uh, in the book, Good to Great, Jim talks about, uh, Dr. Collins, rather, talks about uh, the hedgehog and the hedgehog concept. And a hedgehog knows its job. It it doesn't stray off course. It, it knows its job and it goes to it and it gets it done. And that's why he used the the hedgehog as an example uh, because it, it focuses on what it does best and it doesn't get off track. It's, it's better for all of us to focus on what we do best and quit touching other things too much. When we spread our efforts out too much in a range of things, 
what, then we never do anything extremely well, like great. So that's why he talks about this. So we should focus on what we're best at and we should have, we should be passionate about it, uh, which is also byproduct of that's more profitable. Okay. So that's, uh, an example, like we, you, us, we should not start unrelated services that doesn't pertain to our industry. It's, um, now I'm not saying if you're in heating and air not to start plumbing or if you're in plumbing not to consider starting a heating and air or electrical division uh, with the right people in place that seems to work well. Uh, but don't start unrelated services. My unrelated service was I'm in heating and air and I started a carpet cleaning company. Uh, my unrelated service was I bought a home improvement company that did windows and doors. My un, my un, um, I almost said undisciplined, um, example of unrelated service was buying a chimney cleaning company. So those all, those three were three big mistakes that didn't make it into the McAfee world. Uh, so they were unrelated and 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 did not apply or or did not apply to what we did and and I I took my focus off the main thing for a while. You know, it uh, if it doesn't fit, we shouldn't do it. Discipline's required to find the hedgehog concept in the first place, not to just build consistently within it. Okay? So Disciplined thought requires focusing on what your business does best, whatever that is, what you have the talent to perform well, and then what is required in the future to make that happen. And if you look at that hedgehog concept, you know, it's about those things and what what makes the most money. Where's your where's your financial engine at? What what turns that engine fast? Um, and makes the most money. So when you put all those three circles together, um, that little middle point is your hedgehog concept, and that's what you need to focus in on to do best. The, you'll do best, and, and you'll make more money, and you will be happier, and your company will be more successful. Now, lastly here, in number three, um, I titled this, Now Make It Happen with Disciplined Action. So we have being a disciplined person and having a disciplined thought process. And now we're going to talk about making it happen with disciplined action. So putting action to our words and our thoughts. And uh, so with that, we need to build a culture of self-disciplined people who are willing to go extreme lengths to fulfill their responsibilities and who like to win. That's who I want on my team. When we stop doing what we shouldn't be doing and we stop touching what we shouldn't be touching, we're going to have much better results in our disciplined action. And disciplined action can include hiring slow, firing fast. Disciplined action can be taking the time to research some of the best questions for interviewing. Because most people I talk to in business today say, I just, I don't hire right. You know, I find the wrong people and then they don't work out and we're wasting basically hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for people who didn't work out. 
And uh, so making a to-do list is proaction. It requires discipline to make a, a to-do list and follow through with it and cross them off as you do them. There's something about crossing them off that is extremely motivating and you get a lot more done by crossing them off. Now, setting uh, a time goal within your company is a great way to be more disciplined in what you do. Uh, for us, it might be how long we're on the phone on an air duct cleaning estimate. Um, we used to have hourglasses, and we still do. But at first, you, for a new person, you have an hourglass, and this is about how long it's going to take to give an air duct cleaning estimate when that salt gets down in the glass of uh, pretty far, you should just about be wrapping it up. It's just an idea to stay on course. You don't want to be on the phone with someone for 10 minutes. Um, you won't be able to take that many calls a day. And you might, you know, measure how long someone's in a home, or you might measure how long per installation, and that varies per job. So we can have three installations and one might be required. This is the requirement of what the expectation is. So this, this job, full installation, we're talking furnace, air conditioning, A-coil, line set, disconnect pad, thermostat, any options, all that stuff. So they're all the three that they're all three full systems. This job might only take this long and this job's going to take this long and this job might take a little longer because it's just in a tough, tight space. And so we allow for that. But the guys have goals going out. The girls have goals on the phone. Um, so we set goals within our company and it creates discipline. Without creating goals like we do, there's lack of discipline. And they had words for that in the Marine Corps that I won't share here. But when you're lacking discipline, you know, it's not a good thing. Uh, so I like discipline myself and I share it with my company, of course. So I also found this very interesting. I read about this one time, but I reread it today and learned a little bit more about it. But back in the 50s, um, this was, they came out with what's called the Parkinson's law. It's the idea that your work will expand to, to fill the time allotted for its completion. So the law comes into play when juggling work deadlines and managing projects. So it says that the work time is basically elastic. It's, it's stretchable and it's flexible. If you set aside an hour to accomplish something, it will take you an hour according to Parkinson law. When you set aside a half hour to do the same project, it will take you a half hour to accomplish it, according to Parkinson's law. Work differently, not harder, okay? So we've tried that in different places. If I tell an installer that the expectation for a job is, is six hours, well, they're, they're gonna get it done as close to six hours possible. If I tell an installer, it's eight hours, then they're going to get it done as close to possible, of, of, or close rather, to eight hours. So what, it, what should you do? Should it be six? Should it be seven? Should it be five? Whatever works for you. But try that out and see what happens. See if you notice a difference. 
See if it makes your uh, department more efficient, which makes your company more efficient. Work differently, not harder. That's that's a whole podcast right there. Uh, wrapping it up here, think about your jobs. Think about the install time, etc. Put this into action and see how it works for you. Like I said, because if you're not allowing deadlines and goals and action plans and all those types of things we talked about today, um, you're missing out on making your team more uh, disciplined, more responsible, and making your company more successful. So your mindset of a small business going from good to great takes uh, improving the discipline in people, increasing your disciplined thought process, and making it happen with disciplined action. And that right there will get you from a good company to a better company to a great company. Uh, it works. It's been proven time and time again. So I hope, I hope that helps. Before we wrap up, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. You're also... Um, you can support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening. I'll try my best to keep challenging you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. Um, no spaces, no underscores. Be sure to tune in next week uh, as we continue to discuss uh, different uh, business topics and always trying to challenge you, help you sleep better at night. Haven't said that one in a while. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, carry on. God bless and have a great day.